Well, I find myself caught between a, a couple different emotions up here. Um, number one, not being uh, far behind these graduates, congratulations, and uh, experiencing that, that thought. And I'm also reminded of that first semester of, of being here and the realization that some of these people that we fall so in love with are leaving. Um, I think it's in a season of new beginnings and, and some of these final moments that we can take comfort in the scripture that we have before us today in knowing that the gift for the righteous is eternal life. Come, you that are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom. I look across this body and I see teachers and makers of the home, counselors and some who claim to be retired and yet are nowhere near close. And I know I've only begun to scratch the surface of some of the individual callings that we all have. And if we move one ring outside of that, then uh, we might talk about the general call or the priesthood of all believers, a ministry of all Christians, a calling that we would think of receiving uh, at baptism or perhaps at conversion. I want to step even one ring outside of that today and make the proclamation from this text that all are called. It's been my privilege to be a part of some discipleship groups here on campus with men from all over the world. And in one of these particular groups, I remember a gentleman sharing that they had heard a voice from the Lord. And I think for the benefit of the rest of us in the group, uh, one of the other members asked, well, well, what voice, what language did you hear God? And it was the language of his native tongue, of course. And I can remember that really being a point of growth for me as I sat back and reflected on that and really understood that for the first time, that God speaks and we hear his calling in the language of our heart. Now, just like there were many nations represented in that discipleship group, there are also many nations represented in our text. All the nations will be gathered before him. I believe all are called. And I think that's a foundational point of our Wesleyan heritage. We believe we are called to the world because we believe the world is called. No one is trash. No one has been here to be thrown away. Now unwrapping the gift of that call to come and follow Jesus leads us to an understanding of knowing we can't do it on our own. We have to be infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever tried to do ministry for the wrong reasons, to look good, or out of a sense of guilt, then you know it doesn't work. We do ministry out of an overflow of the love that Christ has filled us with. Now we find in our text today the Lord's participation in the most unusual way. Our text indicates that the king's participation comes in those we get an opportunity to serve here. And we find the implications of whether or not we respond to that opportunity in this gigantic 
recurring contrast. And look at all these opposing elements. Sheep in opposition to goats, the right and the left. What they did in opposition to what they didn't do. Come in contrast to depart. Blessed, cursed, eternal life, and eternal not so joyful. Now our text uh, offers us an opportunity to how we get on the right side of that equation, and it does it through these six needs. Matthew lists hunger, thirst, a sense of not belonging, nakedness, sickness, and companionship and confinement. And when you read the entire text of Matthew, uh, you realize that uh, these are certainly not the only means of judgment. But I think we better take them pretty seriously. Uh, there's certainly some characteristics of the called flock you and I want to be a part of. Now, I'm afraid sometimes we get frozen in our tracks because we're so defensive about doing things for the wrong reasons. And there's, uh, there's right thinking in that. But we can get frozen to a point that we end up not doing anything. And I think this text warns us against that. A life filled with the Holy Spirit can't help but love your neighbor. Infused with the power and the love of the Holy Spirit, our life requires us to love. requires us to love. I think this is another gift of our Wesleyan tradition. We get to take this to the world. We understand that all who are capable are engaged in ministries of compassion and justice out of an overflow of love. Now infused with the Holy Spirit, our faith in Christ leads us to share the gospel with a real belief and a real understanding that Jesus is returning. Now our text allows us to be both joyfully awaiting this eternal life and also anxiously concerned about the reality in front of us. There are these two groups This is a real glimpse of Christ returning. Now, call, Paul calls that moment the blessed hope of the church. And remember what our text says? Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And where are we called? Into eternal life. So here we are, awaiting the return of Christ. And this text has revealed what could be our final calling this side of eternity. So how are we to define the point in time from now in this worship service until that final calling? Well, what if we thought of it as heaven breaking through? Now, I realize it's common for us Christians to often think of heaven as merely a place we go when we die. I can remember as a kid uh, asking my mom if they were going to have holiday inns in heaven. Uh, we would go once a year, and it was as, as good as it could get for a kid my age. 
And it wasn't that far off from the reality that we usually think. Um, they prepared us a room. They usually had a banquet hall for feasting. And they even had live music. Now, they say kids are getting smarter, and I, I think I believe them. Our nine-year-old came down the stairs the other morning at 6.40 in the morning, and the first question out of his mouth was, so, Dad, we go to heaven and then we come back to earth? I cleared my eyes a little bit, and after trying to understand every nuance of that question for the last several years, <laughs> I said, well, son, that depends on how you're defining heaven. And he looked at me rather wittingly and said, well, isn't it in the dictionary? <laughs> but if heaven is defined by us, then we are part of heaven breaking through right now in this worship service. And our experience with the king of kings right now, we continue seamlessly in this experience right through through this final calling that we've discovered in our text today. Heaven's calling comes to us. We don't have to wait for it. And when we think about the concept of a calling, we often, at least I know I do, think of direct speech. And so I, I kind of pondered and wondered, so when was this initial call by the second person of the Trinity, first initiated? When did Jesus Call us as a community. Well, I wonder if we had a recording device at the birth of Jesus. What would it sound like? I can't help but compare it to the text. I wonder if it would sound like somebody in need, someone thirsty hungry. And I wonder if even for a moment in time it would realize it was confined to the skin of the human body. Jesus comes calling to us the skin of the human body with a voice like us. Emmanuel comes calling to us as a baby. Preposterous, isn't it? You know, the idea that God would send such a message to his people is troubling to some. In fact, look at Herod. He scrambles at the birth of Jesus. He gathers together the most knowledgeable people he can, and he asks them, where will this Messiah be born? And they respond by referencing the prophet Micah, the shepherd of Israel, would be born in Bethlehem. But what they didn't know was that this shepherd wasn't going to stop at Israel. The shepherd had a calling for the whole world. And how does the shepherd call his people? Remember the text? How does he call all the nations? Come. You who have been blessed by my Father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you since the beginning of time. 
Now, I think these gifts that we share are our opportunity for the world. We believe that all are called. And not all will accept the willingness of the Father, but He is calling them all. And we get to share that with them. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that we receive that power and that all are called into ministry with Christ. And we believe Jesus is returning. And until that time, we are heaven's breaking through. So let us be filled with the joy of Christ as we leave this place. Sing with the joy of Christ. For we all have been given the gift of a calling. Come, O blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Will you pray with me? What can we say but thank you? Thank you for the gift of a calling. A gift so clear that you sent your son in flesh and blood to deliver the message. Bless your sheep as we share the message of salvation with this world. And fill us with the presence of your Holy Spirit so we may minister to you. And on that final day of sorting the flock, call us home with those precious words. Come. Live. Well, as we depart this uh, service this morning, I'd like to invite you to stand.